Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fiction, the podcast that revolves around one central theme, stories and the people that tell them. We'll talk about movies, TV shows, video games, historical events and weird news headlines. There's really no topic we won't touch. But it doesn't stop there. If you've got a story, something funny or random that may have happened to you or a friend, send it to the true and the fictional at gmail.com. Until then, it's story time. It was a hot day at Wolverine and Cyclops' house, or otherwise hideout, in the morning. Cyclops and Wolverine were eating breakfast. I don't know why they call rice bubbles rice bubbles when they pop. Why can't they call it rice pops, said Cyclops. They probably get nerds to come up with the names, said Wolverine. That's funny. I smell slime. Next thing you're going to tell me it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, said Cyclops. It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, said Wolverine. You're kidding, said Cyclops. Take a look, said Wolverine. Wolverine and Cyclops walked out and confronted the turtles. Get them, yelled one of the turtles. Wolverine and Cyclops started fighting the turtles. That's funny. Now they smell like metal, said Wolverine. Wolverine flipped one over his head. Smash! It broke on the wall. Soon, all the turtles were broken. Now let's follow the footprints, said Wolverine. What footprints, said Cyclops. The one you're standing on replied Wolverine. The trail of footprints led to a cave, and suddenly the earth started to move and break. I smell something fishy, said Wolverine. Don't tell me, it's the street sharks, said Cyclops. It's the street sharks, said Wolverine. Hey, I told you not to tell me, yelled Cyclops. The street sharks burst through the ground and started fighting Cyclops and Wolverine. And all the robot street sharks were broken sometimes later. Wolverine and Cyclops walked into the cave. And soon Wolverine and Cyclops came to a large door. They heard a voice from behind the door saying, (laughs) And all the kids will do what the robot cartoon characters say because they love them so much. (laughs) Wolverine and Cyclops broke down the door just as a man hung up the phone. Who are you? yelled the man. I'm Cyclops. He's Wolverine, said Cyclops. Who are you? I'm the best villain on the earth. Tune, said the man. What are you doing here? We heard you on the phone. That should answer your question, said Wolverine. Ah, you're here to stop me from taking over the city, said Tune. Exactly, said Cyclops. Tazzy! Bugs Bunny! Daffy Duck! Casper! Attack! Yelled Toon. Suddenly, a whole stack of cartoon characters came out of a tunnel. Wolverine! I can't hold them back! Yelled Cyclops. Cyclops and Wolverine were thrown into a dungeon. But soon the wall was broken and a girl stood in the place of the hole in the wall. Well, are you coming? Hello and welcome to Stories the True and the Fictional. My name is J.A. <laughs> Bryden and with me 
is my longest serving friend, a man who needs no introduction, but I will introduce you to Chris Park as, as the man so impatient he would literally walk into a paddock with a knife and fork and eat a cow. Chris Park, how are you, my friend? Well, I think, in all things considered, I would be either doing the most environmentally friendly thing if I walked into the paddock with a knife and fork eating a cow, because I'm giving the one, I'm giving the cow a fighting chance. There's no guarantee that I'll be able to best a cow with a knife and fork. It's like that old saying, you can kill a grizzly bear with chopsticks. It's just really difficult. Yes. <laughs> Same thing with a knife and fork with a cow, because again, I'm pretty sure once I stab the cow, it's going to either run, try to kick me, or just, you know, like panic around. And like at that point, with all that panic and fear, you've really spoiled the meat. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. You want to give the cow hope before you eat it, obviously. Yes. Uh, no, I definitely agree. Brian, you you opened this with what I would like, what I would consider a phase five of the MCU. Um, <laughs> would you care to give us a bit of backstory of such a wondrous story? <laughs> well, that that story, funny enough, um, I was going through. You know, I've been. Uh, what do you call it? decluttering? So occasionally I pull out, I got a few things from school and I actually found that story called Wolverine and Cyclops in uh, one of my school books. So I was about probably 11 when I wrote that. And I was just mm. going, this fan fiction is like pretty, pretty amazing. So, you know, a, an evil villain called Toon that collects all these cartoon characters and makes robot versions of them for uh, our heroes to fight. Um, also then the robot... So just just so I'm, I'm aware of the intricacies of the characters, I don't want to I don't yeah. want to miss any of the little plot yeah. points. He creates them so then the the robots would tell children what to do, yes. and then and then so basically they're influencing young children through these robots. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. Well, yeah. Super super villain that uh you know, so the robot could you know now I'm probably I was a child, so it's probably like you child go do something evil like you know throw rocks at that grandma or like you know it's probably something like pretty you know mon mundane for a no, super, no, I, super I, villain. I, th I think i think you're you're on, on you're downplaying um you're downplaying the the importance of this story i think i think okay. you know, um clearly you were concerned about the rise of technology and the influence of children Mm. You know, I mean, clearly you're you're way ahead of your time in in in, the, in this <laughs> viewpoint. So I think yeah. you know, I think it's really quite spectacular. The evil cartoonish villain, clearly you've drawn inspiration from, you know, Elon Musk. Clearly that's that's, that's, that's <laughs> I didn't know who he was back then. But no, no, no. But you're ahead of your time, sir. Oh, you're okay, ahead okay. of your time. Right. And you could say <laughs> that the robots were really a metaphor for TikTok. And, and, oh, and the okay. influence on yeah. the young mind. So really, really, it's it's quite a brilliant story. And so, what you're saying is, I'm a prodigy. I never doubted that for a second. <laughs> now, <clears throat> let's get down to brass tacks. In this phase five of this MCU-styled movie, who is playing Cyclops and Wolverine? Oh, jeez. Well, you know, Hugh Jackman's back, but I'd, I'd want a younger. I know Wolverine isn't, isn't supposed to age, but, you know, you want a young... I, I, I was going to say, it doesn't strike me as the 
Logan aged Wolverine as no. he is now. Well, I guarantee you it was modeled off the X Men um, animated series. Mm-mm. So, Naman, what actor would you would you suggest? I see, Wolver- Wolverine is. It's, I'm gonna need a few years, <laughs> you know, because it's like, um, but Cyclops, you need that Captain America type. I mean, I'd like to say Henry Cavill because it's the podcast where we mention Henry Cavill at least once, you know, or twice an episode, or twice an episode. Um, but oh, look, he's, he just needs someone strong and confident and charismatic. Um, there's not so why is that around. not Henry Cavill? I, well, he would make a great, <laughs> he would make a great Cyclops. Again, you're, you're dancing around this whole thing, going, should he be a Cyclops? I don't oh, well, know. No, no, well, I'm dancing around the fact that we always say Henry Cavill, and it'd be nice to have a, you know, another actor that's sure. You know. Vin Diesel, how about that? Are you happy with that? Well, he's only allowed to be hit like what once, so well, yeah, they have a contract where it's the, yeah. the, where there's a percentage of damage that they can take per fight scene. So yeah. Uh, what about the guy who plays Homelander? Oh, he's a New Zealand actor, isn't he? Yeah. Apparently, he looks nothing like Homelander when he's not in costume. Well, yeah. Well, that's probably a good thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good. That's a good um, choice. That's a good choice. Yeah, you know, but like Wolverine, you know, you'd you'd want someone short. Like you, you want to do the proper Wolverine. What, like the five foot five, like you'd want to do yeah. like well, like like in or five first, nine, like you'd probably like, say like he was in the very first X Men movie where they tried to make Hugh Jackman look short and they tried to make um, what his name the the Mars is his name Mars James Marsden yeah, yeah 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 they tried to make him look tall but it didn't work <laughs> so I wonder what happened with that where the you know well, then they, they just went ah screw it. You know what you know what, you know what, you know what I think about when I think about Wolverine that he's jacked. Let's just go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go with the muscles. I mean, I yeah. guess I, I yeah. yeah. I wonder if the actor had any say in that, or if it, uh, that was just purely a studio thing where they've well, gone. We want him to have muscles. Well, I think probably when you got Hugh Jackman more involved, like because he's very. Uh, I don't know if he's as extreme as Christian Bale when it comes to you know becoming the role. Um, what do you call it? method acting? Method acting, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. But I think the more I think the more that Hugh Jackman loved playing Wolverine, the more he wanted to throw everything at it. I mean, when did he when did he call the Rock? Because he called the Rock and said, "Hey, what can I do to bulk up?" Yep. And the Rock said the same thing I did: steroids. <laughs> but we'll let the people know it's actually just eat a lot of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll completely lie to the people say oh all we do is eat the chicken absolutely just yeah. you know that's how we gain like the significant muscle masses <laughs> in our 40s just purely chicken nothing yeah no, 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 nothing sturdy about that at all mm. the power of chicken power of chicken i eat a lot of check kfc too but i don't see myself with rippling muscles <laughs> i i can't eat a lot of kfc because every time i want to go to kfc the, the line is just ridiculous but that's because you have like one K. You're in, you're in a one town KFC. Like, no, there's there's no matter which KFC I've been. Like, there's one in Richmond. There's one one right near my work. Every single time, I mean, that one time that you you and I went on a, a run to get KFC, and then decided oh, yes. to go to, yeah, that's true. decided to go to Macca's instead because the KFC line was just actually. You know, you're right. There has been something to do with KFC lines, and you know what I've realized 
um, and, and, I, and I made the mistake, and I, and I keep making the same mistake. So all our listeners out there, I want to, I want to, I want to just warn you of so you don't make so you don't so you learn from my mistake. Every time <laughs> I see the long line of KFC, I think I'm going to outsmart all these cars, and I park and walk I in. I get out. <laughs> I walk in, and I see there's literally no one in front of me in that line. I'm going. I'm going to get my order first. And I walk in and I order and then they give me the number and I stand aside. Then I watch as the side that handles the drive-thru serves 10 cars, gets them out the door, while the two people who are meant to be handling my order (laughs) are staring at their fingers and and licking their butts. Yes. And I realize that the counter team aren't exactly your your, your sharpest tools (laughs) in the shed. And they are very well incentivized to get the drive-thru people through quicker Yep. This is a mistake I've now made uh, three times. Yeah. And I want people to learn from my <laughs> failure. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's the opposite for me, though. If it's busy, I go in and I just bam. Yeah. But then I, I never get, yeah, if I don't, I never really get a meal. Like, like I've been, at least with Maccas, I've been getting shakes, chocolate shakes every now and sure. again. Like, finish, finish work. It's like ridiculously hot. And I go, I could go for a shake. And I just, ba-bam, got it, you know. So what's been happening with you, Mr. Park? Well, I've gone on a bit of a television binge of late, mm-hmm. which has been quite an, 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 an... So I'm not sure how it started, to be, to be completely honest. But for whatever reason, I woke up one day and I was, and I was flicking through the options and I went on to my Amazon Prime account, All Hell Bezos, and the Lords of Prime, and <laughs> I was seeing what I could watch on 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 Bezos's offerings. I saw once again they said, "Would you like to watch Ring of Power?" And I was like, "Going, <laughs> what a funny joke!" And I moved on. <laughs> and then I thought, "Oh, you're up to season two of Discovery. Would you like to watch that?" And I was like, "Going, well, not really, but you know what? I hear maybe it's good." Maybe. So I was sat down and watched season two, and I was going, this is quite an excellent show, better than the first season from memory. And I was watching it, and I I quite enjoyed the second season. And then I I was like going, so enjoy the second season. What a great season. On to the third. And about three episodes in, I went, this is shit. What happened? What, What happened? And then I went back and go, Oh, I, that's what it was. During the during the second season, Captain Christopher Pike was the leader of the Discovery, and uh, and unlike the other, like everyone else on Discovery who decides to, to make every decision based upon their feelings and emotions and do stupid things, he's a captain who's like who's thinks about things rationally and makes a decision based upon one his role as command as leader the number of lives it would save. And sometimes he made unpopular decisions that he then regretted because, but he knew that they were the right ones. I was going, Ah. I would like to watch a show about this fine upstanding (laughs) starship officer. And then, and there it was, Star Trek, Strange New Worlds. And I was going, (laughs) let me just watch this. Several days later, I was going, this is the, one of the best shows I think I've seen in a very long time. And look, I am not a Star Trek person in any way, shape or form. Join the club. (laughs) <laughs> but I get it. I really do get this show. This show harkens back to 
what obviously what people probably wanted what Star Trek was originally. It has some modern twists and turns, but it had some. But it, there's also just some episodes that were meant to be sort of like comedic relief episodes, and they mm -hmm. were funny. They actually were like actually really funny. And then they had some like throwbacks to some of the, the original villains and the original storylines and things like that. And and you know, it was really really enjoyable. And then I went online to say, okay, let me look at the Rotten Tomato scores. The critics rated like 99% of Rotten Tomatoes. And I was like going, okay, that, that means nothing. The viewers rated 80%. And I was like going, oh. So actually, this is one of the series where the, the critics were like going, this is great. And the viewers were like, yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. And I was reading all the reviews and I was saying, after this, after the disappointment of Discovery, I found this show and it was about like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a lot of reviews, yeah. all of the same tone saying, Discovery was terrible, but this show, now this is where it's at. Now, now tell me, because mm -hmm. I'm yet to watch it. It's on the list of, because I'll, I'll watch it with my old man because he's a tricky tragic. Yep. What is the skivvy game like? Oh, on point. <laughs> the right colors. <laughs> the gold of command, the blue of the science and doctors, and and the red shirts of the expendable line of, of yeah. crew. Because the problem with Discovery was, it's like this is this is set like what well, is it before? It's set before um the the first series, Star Trek series. Yeah, but not by but not yeah. but not by too much before. Yeah, and yet their uniforms like, like what what different. happened? Did did they get a real big budget cut? Just across the board, you know, like they didn't. They've never really specified that because you're right. In Discovery, they're all wearing very generic, sort of military-styled uniforms, yeah. and then in season two, Christopher Pike appears in the Starship Enterprise, and he's wearing the the gold, the gold like yeah. thing. And all his crew are wearing the, the the colors. And when he joins the Enterprise, when he joins Discovery, actually, he puts he switches back to the boring color shirts and things, and he goes, yeah. oh, he goes, oh yeah, these. What an interesting choice you have of uniforms, blah 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 blah. Yeah, and he, he sort of references it, and makes jokes about it, yeah. like you know. And then, like you know, there's, there's funny things where, like, um, in that first season, the second story, they're all like they're staring at the Enterprise, going, "Wow, look at that ship! It must do like warp nine, blah blah blah." Yeah. blah. And then he goes, "Well, one should not be envious of another man's ship, you know." So very, very yeah. good lines. Funny, funny guy. Well, it's it's not really a spoiler that's out there, but they do bring in a young Kirk, and. That yeah. works so well because it's and so it, look it, it's and it, it, it's the one thing I really liked about Stargate as well, which they very much are taking that from the Star Trek where you know, hey, your society's wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but we can't. But with this one, it's with, with this one, unlike Star yeah. Stargate who went about trying to change society, that's not they're not like General Order One, they're not allowed. So it's like, hey, your yeah. society's wrong, we should do something about it. <laughs> no we can't because that is like we're bound by this law yeah we do not interfere with the law you know and so there's times you get frustrated and you can see that they you know the, the film starts to be getting frustrated because they're going we should literally like we can literally press a button and solve their problems and they're going no we can't yeah that is not our role and i was like going, oh yeah beautiful. when yeah when star gets like stargate space colonizers exactly it's like going, your society is wrong <laughs> Here's how you can here's here's uh, Western civilization and American law. This is the best law you'll ever have. You follow this law. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so funny. But you know, you didn't even think about it back then. When we watch it, we go there. Eh, but you know, 
That, that's funny. Rather to the they're spreading American imperialism all, all, all across through space. So I, I have this thought now. Yeah. Um, do you think, now hear me out, do you think the Wiggles used to be part of Starfleet? That's a good question given the outfits. Maybe they're a long-term deployment and maybe they're trying to like, not through the technology, slowly shape the minds of children for the better but you know they've obviously like because it's been how many years now they've lost sight of their mission you know mm-hmm. you know they, they, they and so i quite possible do you think the big red car isn't actually a big red car but a starship yes um hmm. this is just there's so many scenarios that we could do with this but it's still they are still interfering, I think, too much for them to be true Starfleet. Yeah. Um, Unless they're Starfleet that went rogue. That makes more sense, a rogue Starfleet. But if they went rogue, they would just be giving us their technology and, like, you know, solving <laughs> it, like, giving us the technology and solving Yeah. Now, I will say one thing for you, Jamie, just to, to sort of, like, give you forewarning. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people on the right watched about 20 minutes and then said, this is the worst show ever! <laughs> And the reason was because he was talking about Pike was talking about Earth, how they had a, a World War Three. All right. Okay. And they showed footage in that of saying people riot, people rioted over elections, and they showed footage of like things like Gen Six riots and things, mm-hmm. and saying people disagreed, they rioted, they went to war, and people were and, and people were like going, "Oh, why they showed that? that? That's bad." I was going, "Well, no, he's that's actually the point, wasn't it? That people disagreed, they rioted, they went, they went to war." war the federation was born to, to you know to so, so it, it was a fine point but there was just a lot of weird people in here going like oh i hate this this is the dumbest thing ever it's such a so, 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 such a liberal also going i don't think you understand no. star trek people like people like people like to complain um no but the first time in my life, i'm looking at going Am I a Star Trek fan now? Like, am I like, is this, is this you know? Because yeah. then I started looking up the specs of the ships and started looking up like. <laughs> well, well, we're getting closer to that age. Uh, do you remember when we felt obligated to go see the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie, the first yes. one? Yes. And we sat down in the um, the gold class, and we're like, oh yeah. And then in come. Oh my the god! Nerdy, that was like so insane. The nerdiest of nerds. Like I kid you not. The guy comes in and pushes his glasses you know, with the finger against his no, like nose, and goes, "It's like the bridge." <laughs> and you were like, "How do these people afford tickets?" <laughs> I'm saying that exactly. Yeah. Oh, I, we used to we get gold class to sit away from the riffraff and here they yeah. were in spades. Yeah. Oh, you know, you fork out your money when it's Star Trek, mate. Um, Having said that, mm-hmm. I've always been a Star Wars person. Oh, yeah. Because Star Wars is more, you know, the action thing. But now Disney's put that into the toilet. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, and... It's maybe, and maybe it is because we are growing up, but I do enjoy this, you know, a thinking man sci fi. Don't get me wrong, Strange New Worlds has enough ship battles and enough yeah. explosions to satisfy my need for, for ship to ship violence. Mm-hmm. 
but they also have introspective moments yeah. and you know thoughtful dialogue. I'm going, oh, maybe I'm, maybe it is just because we're getting older that we can now become <laughs> Trek fans. Um, just as long as we're closet Trek fans, uh, Trek fans. Yeah, we can't be um, open about it. Yeah, well, I'm, well, it's because you know, as a as a you know a contrarian. Yeah, you uh, can't because your family I, loves I, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be like you one day loving Doctor Who. It just, ne- it's just. Never oh, it's never, it's never gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. Uh, maybe if Henry Cavill plays the Doctor, I might watch it. But uh, teaming and... up with Cat Graham, obviously. Oh, yeah, oh, just, obviously, that's, that, that's, that's, that's that, 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 that goes without saying. You know, yeah. he, it's like. So, so listeners, uh, soon we'll be uh, <laughs> re- releasing our bingo cards. Our our Cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh that'd be funny um, now obviously the other thing that we've that i've been watching and i think that's worth mentioning is one we watched arguably the second best christmas special of all time oh yes 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 in the galaxy guardians of the galaxy's christmas special mm-hmm and I often and I wondered how do they get all the actors together. And then, then I read online like they were filming Guardians three, hence they just basically yeah, just like, they were there, they were there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going, oh, that's like, that's like them, and that's I was like, oh my, like how they get them all on the set at the same time? It's like, oh, because they were literally all there and they just you know yeah. threw it together. I was like, yeah. well, uh, you know, and like um, you can see Chris Pratt going, all right, are we done for the day? And and James Gunn's like, well. Uh... Well, yeah, we need you to do something real silly. Yeah. Uh, no, Having cool. said that, it's still probably one of the best written things on Disney Plus right now. Yeah, like Dead Sad, like the best, one of the best releases this year. It just shows that DC's in great hands with James yeah. Gunn. Yeah. Um, and then there were some trailers that came out as well. Oh, yes. Um, well, yeah. What do we got? What do we got? So, oh, it was the... Guardians three trailer, which obviously was spectacular. Yeah. But someone's there. Either one's going to die, or they're all going to die. And I'm not. I'm yeah. not okay with that. Well, well, we know it's the. They've said it's the final. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not okay with. Look, I feel I have a horrible feeling that it's going to be Rocket, and it's going to be Star Lord. Both of those ones. I have a feeling mm. that they're going to wipe off the two, like, because. James Gunn knows that they'll try to recreate. Disney will try to recreate Guardians, yeah. but if you take away Rocket and you take away Star Lord, it doesn't matter who the others are. Like you've taken away, the, yeah. you've taken away, and also with with Gamora as well, as well. Yeah. If you take away those three, Drax is fun, but he's very much the comic relief sort of character. Yeah. But if you take away those those the big three, Gamora, Star Lord, and, and and Rocket, you don't have the Guardians anymore. Yeah. So if I was James Gunn on my way out. Yeah, that's three deaths. Well, because they they said apparently I heard that because you know people are trying to cancel Chris Chris Pratt all the time, constantly ja- for no ja- reason. Yep. James Gunn actually said, "If you fire Chris Pratt," he said to Disney, "I'm going." Hmm. So like you know, uh, it's funny that they keep trying to fire him and he keeps making movies that make billions of dollars. Yeah, like Jurassic <laughs> yeah. the new dress, the latest Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I never, I, I don't understand that because, like, I've never understood. Like, all of a sudden, everyone goes, "He sucks." Like, why? It's, it, you know. Yeah. yeah. He's, too, he's just too lovable. He's know? too lovable. He's too. He's too. He's too kind. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and we also had. Did you watch the Last of Us trailer? I did not because I just know that that show is going to disappoint me. But man, I, well, I will say this: they've got the clickers. 
they've nailed it. I, I like, hope it's good. Oh look, I, I'm really worried, but visually it looks it looks great. Yeah, because I mean, look, I, I expect that to happen with with Sony actually working on the show. Like I expect, and like, the the guy that um, uh, who did Chernobyl is the director. Yeah, so it's got so they've got the right bleak director, <laughs> yeah. like they've got the right bleak tone. Yeah, but I want to talk about something surprising that I'm now up to, I'm, not, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Transformers Beast Wars. <laughs> it's because like, of our childhood, isn't it? <laughs> I loved I love Beast. I, like, oh yeah, I have I used to have every single one of the Beast Wars action figures: mm-hmm. the Rat, yeah. the Cheetah, uh, Optimus Primal, um, the. There was a raptor whose tail was a, was like a shield that spun around. I can't remember his yeah. name now. Um, you know, maximize and terrorize. And I like and then and every single episode, every single week, every now and then, one of the crew would be launched from space because they had to jettison the crew, and then they would race mm-hmm. to try to steal it and then convert it into a Decepticon or yeah. or. or uh, and so it, was, it, it looked a- really good. I know, I know, I know. Um, but oh, what was it? Correct me if I remember the original, the, the series, the TV series, whatever. That was was that three D. Oh, three D was yeah. Like yeah. When three D started becoming popular. Correct. Back in our day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So look, I'm worried, but it does look good. <laughs> now, I think they've shown um, some of the um, some of some of the um, main sort of characters. But if they don't have Black Arachnia or Scorponox on the other, uh, like the giant scorpion and, and you know the Black Widowed Spider, they've, they've obviously like not they don't care about us at all. No, so, you know what like, they'll do? That'll that'll be the post credits scene. Oh, and then no. you go like, ugh. <laughs> I don't, no, don't. Yeah. You know it's not going to be standalone. You know if this makes money <sighs> and it will, it will. They're because... going to milk it. Because it looks good. That's the problem, yep. isn't it? That's it. That's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly it. Um, uh, because it looks good. Remember disappointment. Um, but something else that came out that looks surprisingly good was uh, the very controversial non-British musketeers. I haven't seen the trailer. What's going on with this? What? Why it's are they not British? Like because... all good musketeers. <laughs> Because they want to stay true to the source material, uh, it's it's in French, French, French. So I understood a few words like D'Artagnan and Porthos and Athos <laughs> and and the Lady de Winter. Um, but it look production value. It looks it looks like high budget and properly done. But I, I must. But the greatest series, as we all know, is the BBC's one where they were the most British French people alive. Yeah. And also very modern. Um, modern, yeah. They were modern <laughs> British. They're like, hey, they're like, hey, we're going to bring in our, our modern day, um, you know, uh, thoughts and ideas and throw them into, you know, like, what, the 16th, 17th century or something? Yeah, that makes complete um, sense to me. Yeah. But uh, no, look, it looks seriously good. Uh, Ava Green's in it. Uh, okay. But she's speaking French. But she's still British, so I guess that's still yeah. something. Yeah, but yeah, so they're, they're probably smuggling British people in there, but they just have to speak French. Or like the time when they, when all the Americans did, when they did the Three Musketeers movies, they said, "What accents should we do?" 
don't care. Just whatever exits you, you yeah. whatever exits you come yeah. with, that's fine. Yeah, that, it's, that's exactly right. No, but look, I, I, I'm very intrigued. And I, I'm, this is coming from someone who hates subtitles. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's. I hope that age. they just do a, a, like because they're all obviously British actors. I hope they just do a, like an English speaking version of it. Just be, like, be well, like, like the, they overdub. Well, I mean, it's the same. Yeah, I'm sure the old all the actors speak English. Just fucking yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no uh, look, I, I want to. I want to. Look, it's a French. It's a whole French thing, and um, I want to see the French do a a wonderful version of a French story. Fine, that's, if that's you just, insist. That's, that's just, that's if just, you that's insist. My take. Now, um, we probably should talk about one of the world's greatest uh, events, funniest events, uh, the World Cup. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Because something ridiculously funny happened to work. I now know that those big ass giant cranes have horns on them. What do you mean? They have horns, meaning like meh, meh, you know. I, I know what a horn is. I'm not I'm not I'm not Because we come into work and this guy's having we're ha- supposed to be having the meeting. We had the morning meeting and mm-hmm. he's standing there with his phone and he's watching Portugal versus Switzerland. Yep, yep. And this guy at work, he's uh, the crane operator. He's actually, I'm pretty sure he's from Portugal. So he's like, go Portugal. That makes sense. So he's like, oh, we're probably going to lose, you know, whatever. And then however long into the game it was, up in the crane tower, 100 meters in the air, you hear this horn go, whoa, whoa, and he's shaking the whole thing because it's called a goal. Now, you, do you know what the score, final score was? I think it was 6-1, wasn't it? Yes. So six times. Oh <laughs> the horn's the blasting and he's screaming at the top in this tiny little bot crane operating box. Um, wow. it, was, it was It was very funny because um, we didn't have to, you know, check, keep checking the score. No, no, no. Um, like, at, that, at that point, <laughs> the score is broadcast over a large yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like think, think, you know, um, what do you call it? Assassin's Creed when you cry up to the eagle, eagle's nest kind of thing and... And you do the and you do your fancy yeah. swan dive down. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is think that like you're that high up, and you're announcing to everyone within the immediate area uh, that Portugal have now scored. Yeah, I, I do think it's funny, and you know, I, I work with people and I know people who are big sort of foot football fans, mm-hmm. and there's always a conversation, you know. Messi or Ronaldo, who is better? The answer is obviously Messi, but then that's just yeah. you know, like you know. And I just like the fact that he got upset. He got he sat down, left, and the person that replaced him scored a hat trick. And I'm like going, <laughs> I know, to me that just is, I'm like going outstanding. You, yeah. And look, he Ronaldo is a great player and has done many good things. Mm. But when you're 37, you should start realizing that you know it's over. Yeah. It's, it's time to move on. <laughs> like, yeah. well, that's, 37 that's... year old man. Yeah, I think I think what was it? Um, uh, what, probably Australia's greatest ever goalkeeper, uh, Mark Schwarzer. He hung on a little too long. Uh, but that that always is the case with certain sports athletes. Some yeah. some know when to sort of like walk away. Yeah, most don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you know they want to hang on. It's, it's it's the uh Ted Lasso. What's his name? Roy Kent story. You know. Um, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. And it's basically it's hanging on, and 
it's also it's, it's also a weird thing in this in, in sports when you really think about it like you know they, yeah. they hit 35 and it's like all right go away now you're, you're old it's like going ah, yeah that's not that's not that old but yeah you know, but in the sports world <laughs> in the sports world it's like yeah. oh my god you're over 30 yeah. <laughs> well, this world cup australia had the youngest player playing the world cup since pele how old was he 18 18 wow and he almost scored. <laughs> that was that. That was that. Um, young kid, uh, wasn't it? What's his name? Oh, uh, Cole, 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 or Cal? I think it's K O U L or something. Um, yeah, he almost scored. Scored, scored an equalizer. Um, and I'm just going like, mate. Oh yeah, Garen Cool. Yeah, I'm just like Cole, Cole, doesn't Cole, Cole. He should have chipped it. You know, like you know, you know when you watch it, you go, you should have. If you chipped I mean, it, if you chipped, it would have gone in. But, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He should have chipped it, but yeah. also sometimes keepers can when when they expect the chip, they they know exactly what to do, and they and they yeah they they just but, raise um, up their hand and stop a chip. But yeah, look, it was it was a it was a closer game than it probably should have been. Um, hmm. And do you think do you think Argentina will go go all the way? No, they'll choke again. Brazil will probably win this one because they've just got all the talent. Yeah. I would like anyone but Brazil, but again, it just looks like a foregone conclusion at this stage. Yeah. But um, pro- I will always say props to Japan because they they play with such honor. Like you can jot, you can tell they're still about honor. They played well, and um, yeah. they apparently they clean up the stadium. Like the, the and, fans did, yeah, yeah. The fans basically um. Yeah, the fans stayed back and clean up the stadium, which is, I think is weird. Oh, they're wonderful people. Um, but yeah, I digress. Um, yeah. So you saw another trailer that you wanted to talk about as well, Jamie. Uh, I did. Remember? Oh, yeah, that's why. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't know I... Why, why I watched it. Um. Yeah, Indiana Jones Five. I was just, I was just curious on how bad it was actually going to be. I, I did not watch it because I'm done with Disney. Yeah. In, yeah. In, 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 um. In most, in most, you know. Yeah. In most universes, I'm done with them because I, I yeah. just, I just can't yeah. trust them. But you, t- you tell me. Well, look. Here's the thing. This is this is like my About first it. initial thought. Mm-hmm. It's it's the Tom Tom Cruise problem. You're an old man. You shouldn't be playing an actor that's obviously like I could see all these things that Indy Indy was doing in the trailer should be done by uh, let's say Brendan Fraser in the Mummy era. You know, like that kind of or a Chris you know, Pratt now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I reckon if it like if it wasn't old Harrison Ford, it'd probably be a good movie. Like it had all the action, all the all the things you look for in a good popcorn flick. Mm-hmm. But an almost eighty or an eighty-year-old man doing the because he I remember watching him in the Crystal Skull, the worst movie ever put to film. Mm-hmm. A movie so bad that George Lucas went. That's the person that should run Star Wars. Yeah, this, this is this is this is this. Yeah, 
because of how terrible this was, you are the right person for you know. And I remember watching like a people were 60 at the time or something. I remember watching the hit yeah. that age going like going, you're this no, like <laughs> stop. Yeah, you're too old. Retire. Yeah. Even back yeah. then. If any, that that should be that should have been the movie with the pass on the mantle, like properly, you know. It should have been, but now yeah. here we are again to pass on the not the mantle again. Yeah. Well, apparently he isn't going to be passing on the mantle. It's just the end. Well, good. Yeah. At least look, either end it, which they should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two movies ago. <laughs> or don't do it. Like yeah, exactly. It, this is one of those things we get. You had three great films. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not great films. Three iconic films. How many people out there are archaeologists right now because of, you know, Indiana Jones? Well, yeah. how many people own hats and whips because of Indiana Jones? <laughs> just, just, just in general. Like, like honestly, yeah. how many people bought a whip, hurt themselves because of Indiana Jones? Probably, <laughs> like, more than you think is feasible. Yes. An iconic character, an iconic actor playing an iconic role. The likes of which Nathan Drake, Lara Croft, Brandon Fraser st- are standing on the shoulders mm-hmm. of, of Indiana Jones because if that's how how, that's how fundamental he was to in, in pop culture. And much like these sports people who were playing the, like too long, you're watching the same thing. You're going, you are well past your prime. Hang up your cleats, man. <laughs> There's nothing ro- worse, you know, going back to say, you know, sports muhammad ali fought too many times when he should have retired and it yeah. was very clear that's a common thing with fighters they don't know when to retire so they get their butts kicked and then you're watching these these yeah. old old men get you know manny pacquiao was probably one of those meant to be one of the, the greatest fighters but he kept fighting well past his prime to the point where like some random australian person beat him like yeah and who was ter- who was not a good boxer at all and then he got destroyed by the next opponent because he wasn't a good boxer which is sort of obvious but you're watching Indy on the decline and it's sad and so I was not I'm not willing to go watch you know I don't want to go I like the same reason I don't go to random funerals you know yeah I'm not going to go to this one either I'm not going I'm not going to go to this funeral yeah because I know the outcome yeah there's it can wait it's going to be good well actually that's that's highly unlikely no it's 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 going to be painful it's going to be painful or it's going to be just so disrespectful to the character that I'm going to punch someone yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna throw his whip over his shoulder. <laughs> I mean, not everything can be maverick. Oh yeah, well, that, not I, everything I think that can, was a fluke. That, that was, uh, yeah, I, I still maintain now. I'm going. That's a fluke. That's just that's yeah. just a fluke. Because it, it had no right to be as good as it was, and yeah. I still maintain that. Like how they did, how did they do that? I still like. Yeah, it has to be a fluke. Must be a fluke. Yeah. But I so but are you keen to see this latest Indiana Jones film? No, I got gosh no. I just, I just it was interesting that I looked at it and I could it's it's like I could see that it would be a good movie if it wasn't an old man uh indie because he's doing all the action stuff like he's you know a 30 year old guy or a 40 year old, you know. You know what they should have done. If they had some brains, not do it. <laughs> well, obviously that. <laughs> but create a new Indiana Jones movie. Let's say, let's say Crystal Star doesn't exist. You create yeah. a new Indiana Jones movie. You said 
say two to three years after the last crusade mm-hmm. starring chris pratt yeah as indiana jones recast recast we have had you know william shatner hang up his hat as you know back back to the star trek thing as kirk Mm-hmm. And he's enjoyed watching others play his favorite. Obviously, one of the the four legendary Chris's of the of the universe, Chris Pine, did a mm-hmm. did a did, did a fine job. And now another actor is taking upon the mantle. I mean, he and he said he enjoys seeing that, that he enjoys watching other other actors take upon the mantle. And and yeah. because in the in the in those roles, you know, whether whether it be Spock or Kirk or Indiana Jones, the character is bigger than the actor. Yeah, and so, but you know, I don't think Harrison Ford one. I don't think Harrison Ford can accept that, and so he's like, no. no, no one plays indie but me. It's like, no, honestly, anyone could play indie. That's not, yeah, like literally, like yeah, any any quippy snarky person with a hat could play indie. Like, yeah. like, like, I'm not just I'm not diminishing what Harrison Ford has done. I'm just saying no. that you could pass that mantle on to another actor, mm-hmm. and I think they'd do just as good a job. But I digress. They will not. No. God, no. Well, that was my trip down <laughs> what I did this week. Jamie, what about you? <laughs> what about you? Uh, um, I worked a lot. Uh, I had to go on a delivery day. It was pretty funny. I was convinced that the girl beh- driving behind us was in a Transformer. For <laughs> what do you reasons. mean? For two reasons. One, there was a Transformer badge on the front of her Jaguar. Mm-hmm. But also, she never looked at the road. Like she was always looking down. Uh, you know, obviously texting or something. But I did not see her. Albeit, I wasn't consistently looking. You know, in the mirror because you know I didn't want to crash the work vehicle. But um, I'm convinced it's the only logical sense is the reason she could drive without looking. At the road is because it was actually a transformer. What if it was just simply a self-driving car? No, it could have been, but you know, she, there was a point where she just suddenly burst out and overtook people. Would it be one of those scenarios where the person has driven that same stretch of road so many times they basically yeah. know, like, you know, they nod off by hand? Yeah, probably. Prob- Possibly, but it was also like kind of heavy traffic. Interesting. Uh, I just think it was interesting. Didn't never looked at the road. Had a Transformers badge on the front of the car. You know, the, the more the, you know, the more you say that, the more I'm convinced <laughs> that yes, it was a Transformer. I, I mean, have, there I have been stranger things in this world than that. Yeah, I could have just you know quietly said Decepticon, or you know, like just test the water but you know if it was a Decepticon just like just nudged her a little bit to see what would happen (laughs) yeah just drive up behind her and give her a little nudge Mm -hmm. now one or two things will happen (laughs) one you'll hit her she'll be pissed and you might meet someone nice and you know (laughs) that could be your your meet cute kind of story or two the car will transform and point a like a laser rifle at you <laughs> yeah. And honestly, think... both are pretty good scenarios. Yeah, in my yeah. book. I definitely have a story either way. Exactly. Um, 
but other than that, look, I've I've been watching the Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix, the TV series, not not not, not the McConaughey movie. Hey, if it's done by Matthew McConaughey, it's all right. That all right, all right. <laughs> no, well, because because I tried watching the McConaughey movie and it, it, it's not as good as the series. Are, are you doubting Lord Matthew McConaughey and no, his look, look. fine acting? Are you, are you saying that every single movie that Matthew McConaughey does is awesome? Name one bad Matthew McConaughey film. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. That movie is fantastic. I don't, like, I don't know what you're talking about. What, what movie were you watching? <laughs> I'm, I'm just assuming because, you know. Um, I, I, I tell you now. What, okay, what about Dark Towers? Dark Tower. No, he, his portrayal was excellent. Oh, yeah, but the movie wasn't too crash hot. The movie was fine. I tell you right now, it's very, a very, very simple thing. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You name one bad Matthew McConaughey film. You go look right now at his okay. IMDb, and there I... is not a <laughs> single film that is terrible within his repertoire. Right. He makes hits after hit after hit. All right, okay. Here I go. Sing two. <laughs> Hey, a sequel to a movie with a very popular Hank the Cow Dog. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but it sounds I, like, I mean, but doesn't that sound awesome? Uh, not really, no. Um, oh, wow, he was in Sing as well. Yeah, see? Successful sequel. Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> Yeah, he so he appeared on a you know guest speaker or a show. That's okay. Know. Wolf of Wall Street. Did you ever watch that? That was a he he won like that was awesome because he was bashing his chest in front of Leonardo DiCaprio, and that year he won the Oscar over Leo for another. For, so it was hilarious. <laughs> Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Now that is a well underrated movie. I you know I think it's really you know. Oh my gosh! He did a movie called Surfer Dude. <laughs> I mean, do you need any more <laughs> description of that? Like, well, it hasn't got a very good score on IMDb, but I'm very intrigued because um, it's just like <laughs> I want to write this movie. It's about a surfer dude. Who are you going to cast? Uh, Matthew McConaughey. He's a surfer dude. <laughs> uh, wow! It's a, wow! He was in Rain of Fire. He was. He was the army tank guy. Bold hair. Uh, he's done a lot of chick flicks. Uh, he has the the wedding planner. Have you seen that? With... Yeah, yes. Uh, that that was with uh, Jennifer Lopez. Yes, it was. You know what? I think you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'll check out Surfer Dude um, and get back to you. The man's record speaks for itself, Jamie. You know, oh. you know how we were talking before about you know Tom Hanks's amazing career. Yeah, I think you could easily put Matthew McConaughey's right up there. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna source these uh, very low scoring Matthew McConaughey movies and get back to you. Okay. Um, there's one called My Boyfriend's Back. That's very similar to Kat, uh, to Katrina Graham's amazing song about about her boyfriend and she thinks she's gonna dump him. So again, I think that's a you know a fine film. Okay, it was in Angels in the Outfield. It's a pretty good movie. That's a hey, great film. He was in We Are Marshall, one of the one of the greatest films of all time. I mean, okay, look, my boyfriend's back. Like it's a synopsis. Check this out. Mm-hmm. 
A teenage boy comes back from the dead because he is determined to win the most beautiful girl in school. I mean, come on, that's just that's 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 movie gold right there. That's romance, yes. Jamie. That's romance, and maybe 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 your life is lacking some of that. Oh well, it's got a uh, Matthew Fox in it too. Again, McConaughey Chris, does no wrong. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Again, with man, well, the this... man knows his business. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to take note of these terrible movies. I mean, low-scoring movies. And they may be the greatest movies I've ever seen. You, you, you never know. They might be all right, all right, all right, all right. right, right you can right, judge right. a lot of by a man by his yeah. wife as well. But that still doesn't change the fact that I prefer the TV series of The Lincoln Lawyer. Hmm. Um, it's just, uh... all right. Have you, have you watched uh, it? No. But, but, I'm assuming, <laughs> well, I'm, but again... If you're trying to recreate something Matthew McConaughey did, you're you're going to fail. So. No, well, well, here's the thing: uh, they're based on a book series. I'm, not, I'm aware of that, but yeah. so they're they're not trying to recreate Matthew McConaughey. They're going to the source material and going, "Hey, let's make this interesting uh, story." So, well, aren't you? But I did start reading Arrowsmith. Oh. Ah yes, the book you mentioned before, the comic, the novella. comic of um, well, World War One, but with dragons and magic. Uh, it is very uh, hero's journey. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say good, but okay. No, no, look, it it, it is quite good. I've only read like one chapter. Uh, <laughs> That's not enough to determine if it's a good. Okay, l- l- let me present this to you. A young. Um, young man called Fletcher, Fletcher Arrowsmith, that's his name. Already has a hero's name, and he wants to go and fight in the war, yes, mm-hmm. much like Captain America. Yep, yep, but his parents don't want him to go. No, and even his father's like that ma- magic, you know, magic shouldn't be used in war or something like that, you know, like that magic stuff is, is no, bad juju kind of stuff. And so he uh, decides to sign up. He goes. He goes to what they call an air show, where they basically, I guess, it's like like <laughs> I think an air show, but like with dragons. Um, nice. And you know, he signs up against his parents' wishes, and he heads off. And he writes letters to them while he's away. And it's got a very world war. It's look. It, it is quite good. I, I will say that. Um, and there's a troll. That uh, it's just there's all these you know magical creatures, and it's just like planted in um, in the world. And I highly recommend it, even though I'm you know I mean it could have a bad ending, but then you know, it's it follows World War One, so. <laughs> well, but uh, I mean, it's also World War One in a, in a fictitious universe, or sorry, yeah. an alternate universe. So yeah. we don't know the Germans lose. Yeah. Yes, well that's that's true. That's the true. Germans might win this one, and that wouldn't that be wouldn't that be an interesting a twist on it all? And then, and then it, does, does it lean into man in the high tower or whatever it is? Well, yeah, that was well, that was <laughs> on that one World War Two, but yes, I, see, yeah. I do see your point. Yeah, yeah, it's turns toward that. Yeah, no, but other than that, the other thing I did is because my niece is now a tragic, uh, Pride and Prejudice tragic. She what do you mean? She loves Pride and Prejudice. She reads books. She watches the shows, and anytime Why? she because she's a 
13, 14 year old girl. Um, and she just loves it. And mm. but every time she mentions mentions it, what I do is I throw on uh, two simple words that make her very annoyed. And zombies. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I watched that movie again uh, on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I, I like it. I will say I like it. It's fine. That is a that is a fine that is a fine like, film. Have you seen it? Uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Of course yeah. I've seen Pride and Prejudice. And, and I think yeah. it's well within the same, you know. Yeah. Well, um no. theme. No. Yeah. The same, like it has the same feel as the you know the original series. It's based yeah. upon. Yeah, Pride and Prejudice. Exactly. And then they and zombie. Uh, look, it is, that guy is very good at. Uh, what do you call it? Melding worlds. I think mm-hmm. he's done some other. Uh, it's yeah. the same guy who did um, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, wasn't it? Yep. And then apparently he also did. Um, he did. He did. He did one that um, I think is really cool. But I, I think, think he, he made it to a movie. It was not the no. last one, right? That was the one that, that that's the one that should be a movie by every fucking sense of the universe. Oh yeah, but... yeah. Because uh, the three wise. Oh, because they were going into Christmas. Uh, the three wise men actually go to smuggle um, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph out mm-hmm. while the forces of evil are trying to kill them, like demons and monsters and all that stuff. How is this not a fucking like, movie? Like, I'm just like, please make that one. You know, now, much... Let's cast this. So, the first wise man... Henry Cavill. Was... <laughs> Obviously, it's Henry Cavill. <laughs> At least one of them is going to be Henry. Or, now, would he, or would he play a villain and be like Herod? No, no. I think I think Henry Cavill is the lead wise man. Chris the lead Pratt. wise man. <laughs> right? no, 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 no. I want Chris Pratt to play the villain. I want, I want, to see, I want, to, I want him to play the Herod character. Absolutely. Oh, okay. And because, you know, we are a modern century and we like to race swap and gender bend things. Actually, no, it's just gender bending at this time. So Mary, Mary, Mary's going to be Cat Graham? <laughs> no, no, no. I want, I want, see, whilst I think actually probably from a period standpoint, that's probably just completely fine. I think she, I want her to be one of the wise men. And like, she'll be the ninja, no. So Henry Cavill will be the one with the big sword. So he'll be like mm-hmm. the sword fighter. Yeah. Catch Graham's Wiseman will will be a knife thrower, like the uh, greatest knife thrower you've ever seen in your your goddamn yeah. life. But then we still need one that's deep with inside of the mysticism and magics. Jamie cast me this mystic wise man. Oh, easy, Peter Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. And should we Peter Capaldi? And should we make him just be, you know screw it and make him just Morty <laughs> Rick from Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty? <laughs> No, oh, no, no. It can lead into it if you want. Um, no, the thing is, I don't know. I don't know enough about this this book. Like what the I don't care. Are. Again, we're just taking the idea. We are a Hollywood studio. We are just taking the idea. Oh, and it, just, then we're it, just, just, it just has to be ten percent accurate. You know. Yeah, to... No, basically, these wise men who are from a mystic order coming to save baby Jesus, escort him out <laughs> from evil demon Herod. Who yeah. gives a shit about everything else? Like this is, yeah. this, this is the movie. <laughs> now, okay, now, again. So you're saying Peter Capelli as the third wise man is actually yes. You know. Now who would play Mary and Joseph? I, my my thoughts are Zachary Levi for Joseph, mm-hmm. and the girl from How I Met Your Mother is Mary. What the mother? Yes. Okay. okay. Or Gal Gadot as the mother. 
Uh, well, you probably want Galgadot involved. I think we'd have to have Galgadot involved yeah. in some. You would at least have someone who has like a Jewish heritage or Israeli, yeah, or, or, or else we'll just be a blur, or else we <laughs> might get mad. <laughs> it's just like, why haven't you cast anyone remotely <laughs> from the region? <laughs> you. Well, that's because this is actually set in Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> hey. Hey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh, look, I think that's a pretty good cast. Now, uh, do, I'm assuming we're not going to change the ending, though, of the... In the they, they still escape, right? Well, I'm assuming so. Kind of like how... Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, the history is all the same, like as in Abraham's life, apart from on the, on the side fighting. Oh, yeah, by guys. the way, I just actually just read this. I should have realized this that actually Kat Graham's mother is Jewish and she was raised in a Hebrew school. So, well, there you go. She's married. So, again, no, 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 no. I, don't, I, don't know. I want her as my knife. I want her as my knife throwing. My knife Mary, throwing. What, what if Mary's a knife thrower? Oh. What if she gets trained? Oh, no, okay. Here's here's our <laughs> completely blasphemous twist. <laughs> Mary is actually from the same mystical order of of, of, of Wiseman, so she's just obviously she's just back home having a baby, and then obviously she realizes the demon, so then she she, oh, so so she, she has summons. A dark, she has so a she's, dark past. No, no, she's she's, <laughs> she's a mystical from a mystical order of demon hunters. Oh, okay. Same with the other Wiseman. And so when she determines that there, there, there is like that Herod's you know being possessed and he, and there's danger, that's when she sends a signal up to summon her her fellow wise men to come save her to, to rescue her and her okay. husband. Okay. There we go. But then, um, then we're missing one wise man. <laughs> so we swapped her out. Yeah. Um, do you do you still want a female wise man or do you want a? No, no, no. She's she's the one again. I, I like again. You, you just want to check. There are not enough Christians with signs like yelling at us. We can't like we can't have two female <laughs> wise men. Idris Elba. Oh yeah, no. Why did we think of that? Of course, it has to be Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, actually no, but, but I can't have <laughs> He's him. He's a very not... intimidating wise man. But I can't have Idris Elba and Henry Cavill. You see, no, okay. Idris Elba has to become the leader of the wise men. Then, okay, that's fine. Yeah, and then Henry Cavill is just you know the tough wise man. Yeah, but he was the wise wise man, and because he's so ahead of his time, he has guns. <laughs> <laughs> like honest to god, pistols. So, so you, you, what is he going to be like? The, the Idris Elba just pick him out of Dark Tower. Yes, the, gun, the gunslinger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh... actually, no, no, you're. Because I'm so, we're trying to be somewhat realistic, they're muskets. They're flintlock pistols. Oh, okay, they're fine. muskets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how smart he is. And that's because he's wise. He's developed muskets before every single other person on the planet. Now, are they Roman muskets? <laughs> no, just like, like, look at your, you know, look at your, like, um, Revolutionary War British officer flintlock pistol. That's it. So Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Yeah, yeah, and he has like four of them, and then like, people go, "Where did you get that powder from the east? You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to like, you wouldn't want to fire near this, my friend." No, 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 no. He's got, he's got three pistols. Oh, hear me out, hear me out. Yep, yep. This is my gun, frankincense. <gasps> this is my gun. Oh my god, Mur. Yes, <laughs> gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
Yeah. No, 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 no. Shut up. I'm, shut up. Shut up. That's their code name. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In the, oh, the... in the mystical order of knights that they're from. Each of them have a code name. And so when so when summoned, they go, we need to send our wise men. We send in the wise men. Who will we send? Get me gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Lord... And... And they are the gifts to forever protect. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Are, we, are, are we going to hell for this? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but the point is, I, the Star of David is a signal that Cat Graham's character sends into the sky when she's like, when you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, and it's you know that's how that's how she alerts them about this. They first, and then, much like the true story, they go to Herod's castle and they can see, they can sense the demonic taint. And they're going, we're looking for someone, never mind. And they back away. And then they have to go, they get, <laughs> they get on their camels and they go, quickly, we must go. <laughs> uh, and then they have an epic battle all the way through the street. And Herod sacrifices the firstborn son of of everyone to summon his massive demon army and that's what they have to fight off to get them safely away mm. I mean this movie just writes itself and yes we're going to hell but that's not the- <laughs> <laughs> oh we can always repent later <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah are we going to dive into our topic I don't know <laughs> I think this was wasn't this the topic <laughs> Well, you know, we were talking about doing a Christmas episode, and that's uh, and, and look, there's nothing Christmas more story. Christmassy than our pitched movie <laughs> about the secret order of knights protecting Mary and her son, loosely based off that, loosely book based off written by that guy, by that guy <laughs> who wrote, you know, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't done anything else. He does have a theme, though, so he has to find the right yeah. historical event. Is, is it kind of like how they only did two Nick Cage National Treasures because they could they didn't do a third one because they could not, for the life of them, think of a plot? Well, they just they just probably that, but they also had they had achieved perfection. It's like yeah. we're done, we're finished. Yeah. yeah. Why do a third? It's just too perfect. With two. Yeah. Yeah. Those movies are great, though. Until Disney oh. come along and went. We want to do a series. They're like, not- now, and now imagine, imagine, imagine this. Let's do a new national treasure, but without Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you sure? Because he'd do it. You know, he, he'll do anything. No, I don't want him. <laughs> That's it's insanity. Absolute, yeah. it is. utter insanity. It'll be the same as going, let's do a Pirates of the Caribbean movie without, with, without, without Johnny Depp. Depp. It's like going, you can't do that. You can try. <laughs> well, they have tried. Pretty yeah. sure they're still trying. I think they tried to do it with Margot Robbie and then they got canned. canned. But I, think, I think it's back on the, I think it's back on the, um, yeah, I think it's back on the, was it the like, they canned it and they went, you know what? We were onto something. And so I think they're going to do it. Yeah. And they won't make much money and then they'll... They'll blame, they'll blame us again, yes. They'll blame us. They'll blame us 
me, Chris Park, you, Jay Brown, the white men that are not going to see it. <laughs> I mean, and look, I get them blaming the two whitest men in the world. I get that. I do. I, I understand. But, you know, sometimes it's not my fault directly. Yeah. Sure, I, I, I use my magical powers to, to, to convince thousands upon millions of people not to go see movies. Again, that's just what mm-hmm. that power I, I, I have been given. It's more so... I'll tell you a story, and, and this is a true mm-hmm. story. When I went to, when I went to Korea my homeland, I was given a, 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 a jade vase as a gift. I rubbed the vase and a genie came out. Oh. It was a Korean genie, so much like your standardized genies, it was wicked and had its own plots. And so they said, what magical power would you have? And I said, I would like the magical power of probability. I can change the probability of any outcome and then change the fate. He goes, okay, yes, but but you can only change the probability of people going to see female-led action movies. And I was going, <laughs> wow, that is a very specific power. But if that's all I can do, that's all I can do. So yes, Ocean's 8, Ghostbusters. <laughs> it was me. It was me who changed the world's probability to not go see your film. Charlie's Angels, that was also me. I used my powers of probability to make people not go see the film. <laughs> and again, with Rings of Power, it wasn't, it, I had to call the Junior and double check. Was this within my remit of powers? And he said, you know what? I'm going to let you slide on that one, Chris. I'm going to let you slide. <laughs> And so with this new latest, go- and that's why Wonder Woman did so well, because I like Gal Gadot. So I was like, going, you know what? I'm <laughs> going to increase the probability of people go seeing the movie. That reminds me that there was some Facebook friend that was going around and it was like, uh, pick the power that you want and then someone will comment the side effect or the or the, or the yeah. part. And, uh, and it's like, someone's like, oh, the power to stop time. And then someone writes, but you you stop with it. <laughs> you, know, you know, I just I, I love things like that. So yes, my power is the power of probability, <laughs> but I can only influence people going to see female-led action star movies. Yeah, it's a small power, but you know what? I think I made a difference. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. But yeah, so uh, a few a few weeks ago we watched uh, what was it, The Northman. Oh yes, the Northman, our topic. Yes, our to- no, our topic isn't the Northman, but we we kind of uh, thought about you know revenge, the re- the art of revenge in film and stories, um, and when when it's done well, it's quite powerful. Um, and the Northman was very. Uh, the Northman was that movie, and and as I said to you before, who did this man study on under? Oh yeah, the director was like. You don't learn camera tricks like that just by like going. I play. You don't just play God of War right now and go single shot camera. A eh? let me try that in the films. Yeah, it's, it's when was that movie? 1917, 19, what was yep. that movie? Yeah, Yeah, people like raved about how they did this single camera shot because, like, you know, it was impossible. Different, you know, blah blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. And then this random indie director goes, "Ah, oh, let me give it that a whirl. Like, okay. hold, my, oh, okay. hold my beer. <laughs> hold my beer. Let me give that a whirl. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah." great film but you're right there's something beautiful about a revenge story mm-hmm. what was you apart from the northman what's another one of your favorite well, revenge well, stories the one that 
and I think this is the one that got me into the kind of revenge stories was it's uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, the slowest revenge of the history. Of yeah, the like, like it's, it's the art of, you know, getting the perfect revenge. Um, you know, because this now, guy could have easily done it. As I said to you before, is the Count of Monte Cristo a slow revenge story or did he just forget about the vengeance and then <laughs> they went, oh shit, <laughs> I've got vengeance to do. Well, I, I think probably a little bit of sidetrack because um, you, you, you're in prison for that many years and then someone's like, hey, there's some treasure over here and you get, you get your hands on that much money in gold. You, you're going to you know, buy some toys. You're going to live a little, you know. So, but all, but would it be more just my theory is it's more just I guess the standard video game scenario where you he like the Counter Money Cristo did all the side quests before he <laughs> <laughs> went. You know what? Yeah. Oh crap! I've got to do this whole vengeance plot thing. But you know what makes this Counter Money Cristo so good? Uh-huh. At least at least the one with Jim Caviezel and and uh, what's his name, the Aussie actor um, Guy Pierce. It's because this is one of our beloved favorite actor's first films. <gasps> a young Henry Cavill. <laughs> a young Henry Cavill. Young Henry Cavill plays Jim Caviezel's son. Jim Caviezel oh. mm-hmm. also played Jesus uh, mm-hmm. based upon our other topic. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, the connection. You're all bringing it together. It's, uh, it fits nicely. Very nicely together. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. Uh, and that film ends with a nice, uh, you know, traditional fencing sword fight. So, Hey, who doesn't like a good sword fight? Mm-hmm. So, another top vengeance movie that starts with a V. <laughs> v for Vendetta. V for Vendetta, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, obviously. One of the greatest speeches of all time. Uh, I'm not even going to try to say it. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like, how many V words are in the, the dictionary? I have no idea. Put them all into a single sentence for me. Thank you. <laughs> it was just, again, I mean, that movie rings so true today, it's not funny. Um, yeah. You know, where basically the, the evil British government. <laughs> <laughs> who lied about a pandemic potentially or, or created a disease and released sorry but then they said you know that scene where the um the arch lord or something's basically going you get down to the press and you tell them and you make people remember why they need us and then there's the news reports all these bad stories and, and yeah. catastrophes i was going like Oh, that's a little too close for home now. I'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah. like, oh. do, do you think the government's watched V for Vendetta and went, you know what? I want to be like. <laughs> I often wonder people who get into politician politics. So they watch the movie and go, you know what? That villain. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> not the hero, like that red skull. Yeah. He had a good yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know. Maybe they're watching going, you know, Thanos was right. You're right. You know what? I'm, maybe, oh, yeah, maybe... Oh, there are days I think Thanos is right. You know, just just, just saying. You know, I have to agree with you. There are some days where I think, like, would it be so bad 
like, if we wiped out half of the planet. Like, like, t- like, tell me, tell me, people stuck in traffic. At least half the people are thinking that. Oh, look, you know, I think people stuck in traffic is the why wars will happen eventually. Just, just yeah. Like, I think, I think eventually that's what's going to make people snap. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, uh, I've gone like three kilometers once in like an hour because of yeah. like the traffic and I'm just there going like I'm gonna kill every one of you motherfuckers. <laughs> and then you know the worst thing is I was on this road coming home. It's literally like it's normally without the cars, it's normally like a you know five, ten minute trip. Yeah. Half an hour passes. Yeah. And then I start screaming at these idiots because they're letting people in. Yeah. That okay. I'm all for merging. <laughs> being nice about like these people are pulling out from shops and like they're pulling out from like dealerships and things yeah. and, and side streets because they have to and you know so people they see the red light so they stop and they let them in no <laughs> no this is one thing in society I think we need to kill what ma- manners on the road <laughs> letting people in because again if they really have to go through, they should wait for the appropriate window. They should, like you shouldn't have to rely upon the kindness of strangers to drive your <laughs> vehicle. Much in your like your area, Jamie, back in the Richmond Road days, where I knew people were taking the shortcut down the road to to, to, to bypass all of that <laughs> North Richmond Road traffic to then yeah. sneak out and then get let and people let people because you know people from the country are like going oh damn martyr. Now that that damn boy needs to get in. Oh, poor person, poor poor boy, <laughs> coming down from Penrith. He, he must he must absolutely. I'll let him in. Oh, his friend wants to get in too. Yeah, I'll give him the his friend through. In reality, they came through Richmond like the rest of us, and they just realized they could just go down the side path and then basically cut across everyone else. So again, yeah, a a functioning society should be polite in every aspect except one. <laughs> Cars in the road. <laughs> At that point, I think Mad Max has it the best uh, uh, system, yeah. and I think we should, you know. That's fine. I'm, I'm also not against the purge as well as a, as a general an overall concept. All right, okay. But again, revenge. <laughs> revenge. Um, well, we have to ma- we have to mention John Wick, obviously. Yep, the movie where you know you can kill people, but if you hurt a dog, oh yeah. It doesn't matter how many people you kill. They're going, as soon as that dog got killed, they're going, he needs to kill every single person in the universe. And, and, and their <laughs> blood needs to fill the entire scores yeah. of, of, of rooms. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned that they're doing a fourth. I am concerned about the fourth because, you know. Yeah. And the fifth and the sixth. But it's such a good, uh, like. He's such a cool character. Do I, do I want to see more? Yes. Am I worried? Of course. But, you know, you're right. It's such a cool character. But really, how much more can they one-up the fight scenes and, like, uh, what's left there to do? Yeah. They're going to work their way. He's going to go through a a stationery store, you know? Here in Australia, Australia, he'll walk into office works and have a fight scene, you know? Because he starts with the books, then he can do the pencils, then he can do the laptops. all, All there is to do is have him fight, like, on space like that's the yeah. next i guess the next thing like f- f- fighting in zero gravity in space yeah is that too much no actually you know what now that i think about it 
John Wick on the International Space Station killing all those astronauts. Yes, you know, fuck it. Actually, no, I, I do want to see that. Actually, no, now that, I, yeah. now that I've said it, I, 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 I yes, yeah. So other revenge uh, tales. Are, are okay. You, are you well, look. Those? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Look, I'm always a fan of the Punisher. But at what point does it become punishment? Like, because he says, "I, oh, it's not revenge; it's punishment." But when someone like, he, when someone murders your entire family, I mean, it's see, that's revenge, like, straight yeah. up. Yeah. I think he's just trying to justify it to himself that it's not vengeance, but it's, yeah. it is absolutely vengeance. And well, and again. Another let's let's talk about vengeance. Batman. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he says I am vengeance in the latest film. Like I'm pretty sure that's a that's like yeah. a word that there's a literally yeah. words that come out of his mouth. Yeah. That he is vengeance and he is the knight. But would that really be vengeance? Because he's not fighting the person that killed his parents. He's just no. fighting general criminals. Yeah. Is that vengeance though? I don't know. I think at least with, with the Punisher, I think you could uh, the argument could be that yes, his story starts with revenge, but then he's punishing criminals. Yep. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. What about Batman? Batman. I, look, I. It doesn't make like who's unless he's take you know, taking revenge on Gotham as a city. Is mm. that a is that a possible thought? I don't know. Um, or maybe once upon a time someone said, "Hey, that sounds cool. I'm vengeance." <laughs> you, you, as much as I like to think that <laughs> every time Batman fights one of these villains, he sees the, the gunman that shot his parents, and he's mm-hmm. basically just taking out his anger on these ones. You're probably more likely to be true that a comic book writer wrote that down once and lived. That looks awesome. Oh my god, yeah. that's amazing! <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there could be some deep yeah. psychological thing yeah. where you, you, you know, like, um, you know, remember remember that Black Death movie. Yes. Where at the end, the Inquisitor just saw the girl and every girl he tortured because, like, yeah. the, the witch, because it didn't, it yeah. wasn't her, but he just saw her and everything because that's, yeah. you know, that sort of thing with Batman. Mm-hmm. But you're probably more right. A comic book writer wrote that down and then everyone, like, danced around for hours going, yeah. this is the greatest line of all time. Yeah. And how do we make it work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, you know, I think Taken's a good one. Um, that's not really vengeance though are you sure that's retribution no that's true because he was very clear on the consequences he was saying like walk away now yeah all good continue (laughs) on this path yeah here is the five point presentation of how i'm going to fuck (laughs) you up again not vengeance so much it's just more like like you know he got his daughter back he could have been you know in there, yeah. but no, he decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna get away by killing my way through this entire organization. Yeah, well, what about what about Deadpool? Would that be revenge? No, he's looking for Francis, you know. Oh, um, actually, yep, okay, you know what? Uh, you, you're right, that there is vengeance, the drive to want to find Francis. Mm-hmm. That's a good vengeance story, actually. You know, what? you're right, I, I will accept that as, as, as yeah. solid as solid vengeance. Yeah, I, I yeah I can't think of too many. Um, I mean, you can look at basically every like eighties action film. Yeah, where basically <laughs> that's true. You know, like the, the the worst, the worst. You know, the worst job is in in the history of cinema. What being the hot wife of an eighties action film star? <laughs> oh no, because doubt. she dead. Like like yeah. you know, 
the Marine comes home and she's happily greets him and everything's happening. Like, I'm watching watching those movies going, my God, that girl is so dead. That girl is like, (laughs) that girl is like so dead. It's like, uh, she's going to die in three, two, one. (laughs) Any time, any movie where it starts where there's this joyful, happy little family and they're really leaning into family. Wife is so overly in love with the it, with the action here. It's beyond ridiculous. You're going, yeah. oh, she is so dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like she is so dead. And then it's even, even like you know, that's the birth of every hero. So she goes, you know, oh, you know, oh, I look. I was looking into my attic and I found my my grandfather's crossbow. Oh, look at that. What what a you know. Oh, I, I'm I'm a machine gun man. And you know, then all of a sudden comes like you know, she gets killed yeah. by you know some some cartel and he becomes this crossbow wielding vengeance man yeah. i mean come on like yeah. yeah i mean that i've never seen that film but now that i said that i do want to see this film all right casting henry Kevner. <laughs> <No. laughs> would you be would you be okay with cat graham dying that early on though that's the question oh. yes because It'll be her father, grandfather's crossbow is the thing that he'll use for the tool of vengeance. And he'll use and, no guns but the crossbow. And you would do flashbacks. Flashbacks, obviously, yeah. tr- gratuitous <laughs> flashbacks. Yeah. Gratuitous flashbacks. Yes. But who would who would be the lead? This this former Marine now returned home from the war, swaring off guns, living moving his moving his home to a nice, peaceful town in Arizona but then obviously that's when the cartels come up and you know murder his family who would play the lead this role Let, let's let's go someone random let's go uh Joseph what's his name the guy who played Robin but not Robin in um Joseph Gordon-Levitt that's the word yes Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Gordon-Levitt with Cat Graham playing the returned decorated marine from the wars, we won't specify mm-hmm. which war because, because as we learned from Maverick, never to specify <laughs> the enemy, never specify the war. Yeah, there's always just well, the enemy, and that's the same in Black Adam. You know, yes, exactly. like, which 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 country is this? I don't know. <laughs> yep, it returns home, loving family, beautiful kids. Cat Graham greets him at the door. She's cleaning up the attic and finds her her, her, her grandfather's old crossbow because you, you see. He was a crossbowman back in I don't know back in the day, and he, he and 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 Joseph Scott will, will will comment on how ridiculous a crossbow is for a weapon because you know we, we've got modern weapons, and she goes, no, a crossbow takes time, precision, and discipline, something that maybe you lack a little bit of, and they you know they joke and laugh a little bit about that. It's you know it's it's, it's quite cute. Well, he goes what... down to the grocery store with 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 Cat Graham, and they run into this cartel now. This is not your everyday cartel. There's a white, there's a white man, a Hispanic, an African American, an Asian, and every single ethnicity is represented in, the, <laughs> in this cartel. So you can't say it's for a cartel for any specific. They don't. They might do drugs. They might do guns. Who knows? It's very like you know multicultural. So cartel. what you're what you're saying it is it is the uniting United Nations of <laughs> drug cartels. Correct. <laughs> And then and they and they wolf whistle at her because you know they're they're still scum they're still they're still scum and you know he 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 steps across and then like you know she holds his arm back and says don't they they run this town and they go oh we're gonna do soldier boy oh yeah big hero return from the war and he like looks at them and then you know they go they step in front of him as he goes to the grocery store and he goes 
you know what? Just for that, you got to pay us because of your disrespect. You got to pay us. You got to pay us some money. And he goes, I ain't paying you nothing. <laughs> like they could bend the knees. Like I, I fought for 280 days, never to bend the knee. And he walks into the grocery <laughs> store, brushes his shoulder of this of this criminal played by Henry Cavill, the leader of the cartel. <laughs> Then they return home. They get in their Toyota Utes because we need sponsorship, sponsored by Toyota. And they all drive (laughs) down with their Toyota Utes. And they start firebombing his house. The first thing that they fire a rocket launcher to the window, destroying all of his guns. He runs up, tries to find any semblance of weapons, but he can't find any weapon. Again, he then hears the worst thing ever. He hears the scream and cries. They're dragged out the front of the lawn. Everyone's watching. No one's doing anything. They get Captain Graham is executed. The house burns down with him still in it. And all he could find to help him free himself from the, a, a big wooden pillar is the crossbow. He then loads the crossbow and loads of rope and fires it, then drags and pulls his burnt body out. He then swores vengeance upon this cartel. A wounded, burnt man he goes down to his local police but they won't do anything because you know we'll make it so blatantly obvious as he walks in you'll see when the cartel member hand them a bag of money <laughs> with a big dollar sign on it <laughs> and say and they say oh sorry that what happened to you i was terrible but it was a simple fire everything's been all it's all explained no nothing and that's when he'll start setting on his path of vengeance with his crossbow copyright chris Park. <laughs> now we need a name for this crossbow vigilante. Oh, well, you see, I, w- I almost want to change it to a bow and arrow and relate it to the true uh, Scotsman. I think it was a Scotsman. Uh, Mad Jack Churchill who fought in World War II with a broadsword and a, a bow and arrow. A long guy. You know what? We'll change the story. Cat Graham is British. <laughs> for some unknown reason no she probably could do an accent of course she could do an accent and her great grandfather was mad jack churchill exactly and so what they find in the attic was the sword and the and the, the, bow. the sword and the bow yeah and then he with his burnt disfigured face puts on a soldier's mask puts on the outfit and then becomes the vigilante vengeance churchill himself yes mad jack mad now, you know jack. they'll call him churchill he has another name that's whispered. Then they call that Nightmare Jack. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now we'll copyright. Copyright. No, copyright that. <laughs> copyright that. Okay. Yeah. That would, um, you know what? I don't care. That that movie, even even though it's cheesy as all shit, the amount of violence I would pack into yeah. this film, the amount of flashbacks showing Catagram, yeah. it'll be a winner. Yeah. And this is what we do here on True Stories of Transfictional. We we create masterpiece stories just off on a whim. Masterpiece you know? <laughs> stories on a random whim. Wait, wait, till on... you, yeah. wait till you hear our Christmas episode. I mean Oh <laughs> I can't wait for it. Oh, Christmas. I've I've got some uh, I've got some plans. Uh, <laughs> we're, go, well, we're, gonna, we're gonna have a an interview a story chat episode coming out next next week uh with uh a different kind of Jack, Jack Roney. He's coming back. Um, and then we'll have a Christmas episode after that. Maybe we'll have a, a summary of 2022. Like, what's what's our, you know, highs and lows of 
2022. Outstanding. That sounds like an excellent plan. Now, Jamie. Yeah. There's one thing we haven't done, Chris. There's one thing we haven't done. We haven't mentioned Rebecca Castles in this episode. Oh, my God. God, like we're going to get in trouble. We dived, we dived in pretty quickly, pretty swiftly. We were, you know, feeling pretty energetic. But um, we have to, we have to mention our sponsor, Rebecca Castles, and the Rising Dawn series on paperback and Kindle. Uh, for all you lovers of paranormal romance with werewolves, and we also must mention because again, I do feel bad that very soon, apparently. In February next year, she'll be sending us the first draft of the first few chapters of our stories, true in the fictional romance stories between <laughs> Henry Cavill and Cat Graham. <laughs> Each chapter will be a different romance. Again, think of this as a multiverse book where you just basically get to see Cat Graham and Henry Cavill meet time and time again in different <laughs> characters, in different eras, in different scenarios. We are extremely excited about this book. And apparently, from my understanding, <laughs> the first draft of the first few chapters will be available to us in February of the new year. Uh, and we might even start reading some of them to you as, as we start diving into these scintillating chapters. I do believe the first one is about chess, but that that's not that's not confirmed yet. So and, stay and, tuned. And so, so I'm pretty sure that she's finding about the, uh, out about this right now. Is, is, is Shut that... up! <laughs> don't, don't ruin. Don't, do not I ruin the fun I'm of that fun. scenario. I, I want. To, I want to read stories about Cat Graham and Henry Cavill playing chess. Uh, would, you, would you? Would you chess. want to do various chess? Like, for example, no, 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 you, no. You, you can get Jurassic Park chess. I want throughout get... time. So I want once chess modern. I want a chess. I want a, maybe maybe one day when he's like a. 1960s businessman she's a flight attendant maybe one time she's the president of the united states and he's oh, the intern okay. like i want i want oh, i want the full gamut of stories oh okay cool both true and fictional oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> so so we have to organize cat graham and henry cavill to actually have a game of chess if there's one life goal jane <laughs> all right well um, i'm sure we've got the social media so i'm sure we I'm could sure you know, we can we figure could something it. out we need the perfect hashtag but um now, Danny, well, if anyone has any questions, comments, concerns, yeah. <laughs> complaints <laughs> about our biblical stories, where can they find us? Uh, the true and the fictional at gmail.com. Please send us a random story. If you if you if you've got a story you want us to read out, a short one, we could read it out on the show. Um, but you can also follow if us. If you have even a concept of idea of a story, we'll just make one up all the time and then yeah. see how that flies. Like, like yeah, we're happy to we're happy to do uh, most requests. Um, we're big fans of hate mail too, so yeah, send it to the true and the fictional at gmail.com or uh, on Instagram stories underscore podcasts. And we are on Facebook, so it's true and the fictional. Um, but apparently, we are more active on the Instagram. Yeah, that's correct. Because I like making a lot of you know short little videos um, between and- Jamie searching for Instagram models. No, because you've already searched for me, and you just no, no, no. I just send you the names. Obviously, obviously, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. A few weird ones, but yeah, um, that's where you can find us. Depends on your taste, really. So. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> this is this has been another great tangenty episode. Um, <laughs> And um, yeah, how, 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 take us out, Chris. Take us out. And as we end <laughs> in every single scenario, like the true British people we are, we are going to end like the French musketeers and bid you adieu. Adieu. <laughs> <laughs>